99 drinks still left to go Welcome all in and enjoy the show It's me though, I'm the host You know, so sit back, relax, grab a snack and let's go Welcome back to the 99 Drinks Podcast. We are back in 2023. It's crazy. 2022 was lots of fun. We were just building up. We were just getting started. And now 2023, I reckon we're going to take it to the moon. And today we've got a great guest. We're bringing on Lucy, who has some amazing corridor to share with us. I'm really excited for this. It's going to be so much fun. I've done a little bit of research, but not a lot. So there's some things that I might throw out there, but I'm looking forward to this, guys. So yeah, let me introduce Lucy real quick. Welcome, Lucy. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for being here. Uh, kia ora, Rawiri. It's awesome to be here. So glad. Before we get started, can you just give us a quick call in Norway, who you are, where you're from? Uh, yeah, so I uh, call Lucy Jessup, Toku Ingoa. Um, Noa, I guess, Kaipoi, Toku Fano. Um, but I grew up in Te Waihora, so that feels like home to me. Um, yeah, so um, Kōnai Tahu Te Iwi, um, Kōnai Tuahureri Te Hapu, um, but yeah, Ōta Tahi's home. Oosh, oosh, me. So I'm not that familiar with anything north of Dunedin, <laughs> south of Dunedin, or even west of Dunedin, so whereabouts is that, like, roughly? Uh, so uh, my whanau is from Kaiapoi, so it's probably, I guess, 20 minutes north of Ōta uh, so Christchurch. Um, but yeah, so very small kind of town, but um, very famous for the Kaipoi Pa and a lot of history, a lot of history there. Um, so yeah, my family's from uh, Tuahiwi, um, but yeah, I've I've grown up in uh, Te Waihora is like Lake Ellesmere, so um, I grew up kind of Lincoln area, a little small place called Green Park, very like kind of just a farming farming town. In oh, a very fine. small community. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's chill. That's chill. So what was it like growing up there? Uh, it was uh, just like rural, like rural town. Um, I grew up sheep farming, so just like small whanau. And we, um, but no, it was, it was pretty cool, eh? Like you knew everyone. Um, like Green Park is just this tiny little um, it's got like a wee church, it's had a wee primary school, uh, had like a hall, and then it was just, that was it. And everywhere else was just like um, farms, just dairy farms and beef farms and um, sheep farming. And but yeah, it's kind of just out of Taitapu and Lincoln, kind of squeezed in between. Um, but yeah, it was beautiful. Like I love going out there and it's, um, you know, it's quiet and it yeah it feels like home because it's just that slice of rural canterbury i guess um <laughs> but yeah very very small very small um yeah that sounds like a vibe though it's kind of like the taranaki vibes everything up yeah. here is real small real farming yeah. towns unless you're on the coast the coastline yeah. like kind of towns and not quite a city just like it's a little bit bigger than a town New Plymouth, but it's definitely not quite a city. But I, I yeah. just get that that small town vibe. It's nice to get that home when you're in amongst city life all the time. It gets a bit hectic, eh? Yeah, but I guess it's small as well. Like my primary school, um, 
we there was only 30 kids like max I think the role kind of it went between about probably like 25 and maybe 40 max while I was there and so like even in my year level there was two of us and so when I went to high school I went to Lincoln High School and um it was small like you just didn't know anyone because you only went with one other person in your year so it was like a pretty like a big shock um and also like it means like all my friends are younger than me um or mostly younger than me because you're like in these really small classes with like lots of different year levels and so I've my brother's friends are you know my best friends and they're a couple years younger than me so oh yeah yeah it's a bit different but um I kind of love that I think yeah, but kind of lonely at the same time, like just where that age gaps are a bit more prominent uh, yeah. when you're in high school. Yeah. Yeah, a lot changes, eh, once you hit high school, especially if you're coming yeah. from like a small town, like school where you, not a lot of them come with you. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And so what, what are you doing now? What do you do? Studying? Yeah, yeah. So, um yeah, I went from I went from high school straight into um, study. Um, so studying at University of Canterbury. Um, I finished um, my undergrad last year, or year before now, I guess, 2020. Uh, oh, 2021. Nice. 2021, I finished. Um, <laughs> goodness. Um, yeah, so I studied a Bachelor of Fine Arts. Um, I majored in film. And, um, yeah, and then I went and did a graduate diploma last year in science because um, I wanted to shift a bit more into, um, I wanted to shift more into psychology and into health and well-being And um, yeah, and so I'm enrolling in my, into my master's for the next two years now. That's sick. Yeah. That's sick. Why, why the, the slight shift? Um, yeah, for me, it, like, oh, like, I hold myself like I'm I'm an artist like through and through. Um, that's never something that's gonna go away. But I I always had like an interest in even like and I explored it in my art and filmmaking was just like, you know, how do people work and how do people interact with the world and thinking about like kind of having to think out of the box about how people interact with the world, which is just what art making is. It's just, you know, and it just looks like a lot of different people being like oh, how do we look at this thing a little bit differently? How do I look at it? How can I make someone have a conversation about something? And for me, psychology was a bit more of the the how and why behind that, a bit more of the science. Um, and yeah, I think when I finished my fine arts, I was like, oh, I want to know more. And I wanted that science backing up what I was doing. Um, and so, yeah, and I kind of I just thought to myself, I was like, I'm going to do a year, see how it goes. And um, it went really good <laughs> and I really enjoyed it. And uh, now I've just, I think I've just, yeah, I'm, I'm I've stepped in. Going and, down that rabbit yeah, hole now. <laughs> yeah, I think I'm going to be talked into a PhD and we'll see how we go. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You've got the bug. It's, it's all over once yeah. you get the bug. Mm. But it makes sense though, the way you say how it linked through, um, and people's impressions and how you feel and how you think and what provokes um, those feelings from art and how that sort of flows through. I didn't never think psychology and art would work like that. Yeah. The way you've explained it, I'm like, oh, it makes so much sense. Yeah, and I look back at my research because I did, um, for fine arts, you do, you do like, uh, it's a four-year degree, 
and you can do honours in your last year. So you end up doing a big research project. And I look back at my research and I was like, oh, I was just, I was just doing psychology experiments as art with no backing. Um, but yeah, so dope. yeah, I did think it would be a huge disadvantage though. Like when I was, when I was applying for my psychology courses, um, I thought it would be a huge disadvantage and it hasn't been that at all. Yeah. No, I think it's like a more evolved level of thinking that is so different to what you're taught out of the books. Yeah. You know, like in the book, you've got to link it to different theories, but you've already got, you know, the practical aspect now that you're linking the practical to the theoretical. Yeah. And it's a lot more personal. Like finance is all about, um, like the coolest thing about that degree is that whatever you're interested in, you, you go and do it. Um, I had people in my class who were, you know, they were really interested in how their whānau had come to New Zealand. Um, so they were looking at relationships between Tonga and, and New Zealand. And then I had friends who were really interested in sci-fi and philosophy. And I had friends who were really interested in dance. And, you know, they all made work about all those things. Um, so you get to kind of research whatever you're interested in. And which is, yeah, you don't get to do many degrees, which is quite cool. Hmm. That's what I love, eh? Like, you have to have papers and projects at university that allow you to express who you are mm. or things that you're actually passionately interested about like movement and stuff is great but unless you can apply it to real world stuff or stuff that you're really in tune with it makes it so hard to write about yeah for sure because i was the same at um otago i had uh 320 i've talked about it heaps on this podcast it was the first paper where we got to explore our maori in a maori health space and so that just lit up light bulbs and a whole bunch of my mates and we finally got to explore something that was interesting that wasn't just biomechanics or non-linear pedagogy and all that other boring stuff we yeah. could actually apply who we are to research for once so i could definitely feel you on that it's mm. such a need at university yeah, definitely. And I've, I think I've come into that a bit more since doing the psychology stuff, for sure. I think I definitely put aside, um, or not even put aside, but just um, didn't, didn't really like lean into or explore um, not only like my, my like, being Māori I didn't really explore that very much um and I definitely put it aside a bit I think when I did my um fine arts degree and that's probably more I've lent into that a bit more definitely in the last last year but def like, definitely in the last year but um it kind of slowly just keeps out and you just you just get involved into it again you can't help it eh <laughs> yeah like I feel like everyone's everyone's done it everyone's it's, if they tell you they haven't everyone's sort of been like i just <laughs> i just want to be like me for a little bit but that just creeps back into your life and you just as far as you try to run away from it it just keeps coming back you can't run from who you are no. so let's dive into that how has your journey in thao maori been you know like from the beginning all the way through to now um it's yeah, it's been interesting because eh? my, my um, dad's side of the family, he's Pākehā, and so that's very much who I am as well. Um, and, like, happy to acknowledge that. Um, I think it's really important to acknowledge that. Um, but, yeah, my um, but my mum, she, you know, she grew up Te Pākehā for sure. Um, 
but it's something that I've always like me and my brother we've always known and it's not something that we kind of found out really late or anything um so it's always something it's always been a part of our the conversation of where we're from which I think is really um very lucky for that um because it could have so easily not been that way at all um but yeah so that's you know primary school but um when I went to uh high school um I decided to take Toro uh, as a subject all the way through because um, I had the opportunity and but yeah it was interesting eh? like I really I got kind of not that my, my teachers didn't do this but um, definitely the other students uh, put me in the box of not Māori and I was very unsure how to deal with that at the time because it was like I was like oh I totally get where you're coming from because I'm not going home to my parents speaking Toro and you know, I'm not very familiar with Tikanga and I at that time hadn't been on a marae before and you know all those things like um and so I understood it but I also was very much like you know I had all the my teachers and all the um staff that were looking after the Maori students they, that was not part of their conversation at all they were very much like oh no you're Maori um so it never really kind of fully stopped me but um I think taking the tarau was just insane like it just that connection and also doing it for over five years was really really helpful um but yeah like I said when I when I started high uh, uni I kind of I, yeah I put it aside or at least like because it wasn't a part of my art practice it was a lot harder to engage um but I when we were in high school um we had a teacher who was looked after all the Māori students and just checked on their grades and things and one thing that we did was we went to uh Canterbury Uni and they showed us all the um, support services that were available to us if we were to study there you know they were like um, which is yeah uh, it's Te Omarama, um building but they were like you know this is where you'll go for help when if you go to this university and you need help this is where you're going to go and these are the people that are going to help you and I that really stuck with me but I do remember having that real imposter syndrome of just like oh this isn't for me like I'm taking away from someone else and um but yeah when I was in my first year at uni um uh, my sister passed away and I needed support and I I I was like remembered that conversation and I was like that's where I'm going and um ever since then I've kind of had a much more steady relationship because yeah the second I walked through those doors they weren't asking questions like you know they weren't being like oh can you prove how you're connected to your iwi can you tell us who you're related to can you recite your mihi like you know they weren't asking those questions they were just like how can we help and um I think that just undeniable just like you are who you are and that trust I guess and um that yeah it's quite amazing what that can do I think yeah it's 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 a weird thing how it plays on your mind like that you're like oh like even even me like you know got the parkour jeans as you can tell I, I'm, I'm too white to be maori but i'm too maori to be white you got that whole conversation yeah. going on and then sometimes it plays in the back of your head and you're like shit am i really but it's not until you kind of grow older that people don't really care like if you're maori you're like oh which iwi oh not those ones yeah, yeah. Or it's like, yeah, that's us yeah it's real playful a hundred percent yeah i feel like when you when you finally get to an age and i think it's changing now 
but when you finally get to an age to realize that our culture is so beautiful our yeah. people are amazing yeah. we should never diminish one another we should just lift each other up be stronger because as one we're unstoppable we can do anything yeah we don't have to place limitations on ourselves because we're maori yeah and it's crazy as well like you um how much you like just you just know and you just feel it like i my brother um my brother would struggle to learn te reo Māori, like, you know, just if he was to go and study, he would, I think he'd really struggle. Um, he's got dyslexia and I think he'd find that really difficult. Um, so that, because that for me was like, that's a way for me to, that's my end to understand and to learn. Um, but I remember he uh, was, I think it was when he was about 16, 17, he went and got um, his tamaku done on his shoulder. And I remember just feeling like so much pride because I was like, oh he feels connected like he feels you know like obviously within himself he feels that connection and um yeah I'm being so proud of that because um he didn't have to like you know it was just there like there was just no denying that that was something that he felt was really important to him even that young and um without having to really engage with taking a subject or anything to feel that um because you do you do feel that yeah. Ah, that's that'd be such a mean moment like mm. you're just like yeah like i remember how i was like yo let's go <laughs> and it's so cool to have and when people ask you you're able to be like well this, yeah that's my story yeah this is who i am oh yeah see i love our culture it's oh, amazing yeah. how, how what's the methodology that you're using to learn to do at the moment um oh it's it's so bouncy yeah um i do find it hard because i think um the one thing that i've found since being at uni is there's not as many opportunities um or time as i wish there was um i've probably had to fight a little bit to include those courses um but yeah no i definitely took a break and then like last year i had the opportunity i had some space in my schedule and so i took a took a 200 it was like the um was it 200 oh the 100 sorry i think um the it was like the second because there's like one for the first semester and one for the second semester so i jumped into the second semester course um so it's kind of like intro i guess and that felt for me like it was just stepping off from where i left off at high school and it was hard eh? like all of a sudden having to be like oh i remember learning all this and i've just forgotten um but yeah just like little things i think like that and then um I really want to start going to the Kapahaka um, sessions that they've got at the uni for this year. Um, I went to a couple last year and I was like, oh, I've got to go to more of these. And, um, but yeah, I just, I think it's just like little bits and pieces and I'm like a real big Googler. So if I don't understand a word, I'll search it up and I'm constantly doing that. And even words where I'm like, oh, I could use a, like, I could use a Tadara word instead of the English word I'll look it up and I'll put it in and so I'm like constantly just like trying to add to my vocabulary and doing things like trying not to say hi or hello as much anymore um like I pretty much never greet people with that very much or, or I always correct myself and say kia ora instead um <laughs> yeah. so I think you just like slowly start adding it to your vocabulary and um yeah, I, I, yeah, it's a slow process and I'm like nowhere near as far along as I wish I was. Um, and 
yeah every time you feel like you're starting to learn something you you forget it and then you have to relearn and it's a process it's a journey yeah yeah that's why I call it like a lifelong journey like um my uncle he's a real expert uh, mm. in Taranaki and he always says to me well, like it's, it's a journey you're not gonna do four papers and all of a sudden you're an expert yeah, so yeah. it takes so much time you just got to feel it and learn it what are some of your um words that you switch out you said you replace high with kia ora. What, what other what other words do you throw in your uh, day-to-day use i probably just like like i try to do things that i use quite regularly so um like i'll you know start saying hi to my like when i call the cats in at night i'll be like oh hi to my um <laughs> and um but yeah i think starting to learn like i'm trying to think of other examples um like it would just be like little things like being like oh i'm gonna go for a hikoi um rather than i'm going for yeah, a walk yeah. or um i stand to say tenakwe and instead of thank you or kia ora instead of thank you and um just yeah starting to learn like a few things that I say quite regularly um but probably the other massive one I've been doing is um and anyone who knows me knows I'm like such a like I'll I'm terrible for this because I'll correct it but um just relearning place names Mm. like oh that's been a journey like there's so many like place names and that I catch myself out being like how did you pronounce that or I hear someone else pronouncing it and I'm like, no, like, um, but yeah, it's been really important to me. Um, I, I work at a, um, painting studio in town and so we teach art classes and, um, like just like now whenever I greet the class, it's always like, um, you know, kia ora koutou katoa, no mai haere mai. And I'll talk, you know, I'll be like, oh, we've got, we've got some wire over at the bar. We've got water, you know, we've got, we're going to have some kai later. Like just submitting in little words and adding lots of te songs to our playlists and um, like just inserting myself. And <laughs> hopefully it means if I leave, I it's, it's still there and, yeah, I think it's really important to me that um, that Māori feels safe in our, in our studio space. And that's a space that I have some say over. And we've had feedback about that too, which is like, warms my soul. But um, yeah, I think wherever I can have like a little bit of, um, yeah, just some sort of where I can make an impact or make some small changes, um, and nothing crazy like it doesn't take much in all way like it's just little things and you get more confident and I remember the first time like when I started saying kia ora at work and I just used to think like oh my god everyone's gonna judge me and everyone's gonna pull me up on it if I say it wrong and um, I had so much fear about you know saying kia ora and especially if you know someone who was Māori came in I was like oh, are they gonna think I'm just saying it to them because and uh, yeah no and you just kind of you start forgetting all that stuff and it's but it's one step eh? you start yeah just you know, start small and just build it up build it up and you get better and more confident and yeah, yeah that's all it takes all it mm. takes is one word over time that one word multiplies and all of a sudden you're no longer saying good night you're saying poor Mari yeah, instead yeah. of good morning atamari yeah, yeah life is good mm. like it's not even a, a conscious thing you have to think about anymore yeah, yeah. like Anytime I'm going in the dairy, it's oh, you know, you just this today, thank you. And it's like, oh yeah, oh, yeah. it's it's so much fun. But yeah. have you ever been in that position where um, 
you go, oh, then I go in and they hit you with the full conversation and through and you're just like, oh, sorry, Matsu, I'm not that great, but um, thanks for believing in me. I don't think I've been caught out, but I um, I um, helped out at Namanu Koruru because um, I got hosted at UC last year and um, everyone's speaking to her and it's the most beautiful thing ever and you're just walking around and like, there's so many people speaking to Rara to each other. And um, I, there was this, um, this mom and she, her, her daughter was um, doing a speech on stage and she, um, she was real nervous, obviously, for her daughter. And in the category she was in was like, um, it was speaking to Rara. So her whole speech was in Rara and her mom was real nervous. And um, there was like a thing where you could watch them live. So I pulled it up on my phone and I was like with her backstage and I was like watching and she was just speaking to me in Rara. And I just remember thinking, like, I was like, oh, like, I really want to, like, reassure her and, like, be saying all the right things. And I think at the time, like, I didn't need to say anything. But I remember, like, that was, like, a huge, like, oh, I wish, like, I could just go back and forth and, um, yeah, have that kororo and not worry about saying the wrong thing or, um, yeah. But, I, yeah, I haven't really been caught out just yet, but I'm sure it will happen. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's an all good scenario too when it does yeah. happen. They're like, oh, I don't my boy. Yeah, this, this, and this. But yeah, hey, when we both become a little more fluent, we'll get you back on. We'll just do a straight ill <laughs> session. Yeah, that's it. So I also noticed on your Instagram, mm-hmm. you're a part of another co-papa. Yeah. Is lads without or is it? Lads without labels. The... Yeah. There we go. Um. Yeah. No, it's us. So, so close to my heart. Um, yeah, so I um, do work on the marketing team or work. I volunteer for the marketing team um, for Lads About Labels, which is a men's mental health charity. Um, so it's also a club at UC, um, University of Canterbury, if you know, like our club scenes. But, <laughs> um, but it's, yeah, it's a men's mental health charity. But we kind of focus on it's about everyone's mental health and it's about tertiary students mental health and just um so we kind of we run events and initiatives and online campaigns and like the whole idea is just how can we have better conversations and more informed conversations about mental health and um yeah while we're at uni and while we're in a space where we quite often experience like lots of stress and failure and also big successes and we're usually out of our comfort zones and we're far away from home and um, yeah how can we increase the kororo um around our folder it's important there yeah oh it's super important super challenging too eh like getting people in a space where they feel comfortable enough to open up and share yeah yeah so we try um yeah, we try to run lots of different things. We've um, a lot of our stuffs around. Like we we talk about funny type of fire a lot because we're like you know just thinking about all those different ways that we can engage in good mental health. And so we try and like you know we have speaker events, but we also have um, like a lot of um, probably one of our biggest ones is running seventy two, which we host annually. And it's just like a big like relay for life where everyone comes together and over 72 hours we have a track set up on campus and no matter who you are and how far you can run or if you can run well at all, if you can't, 
um, people come along and add laps to the tally and just for 72 hours we just try and get as many laps around as possible um, whilst keeping someone on the track at all times and it's just insane eh? like the amount of people that come down and support and also like but like just while you're there it's like this community space where we've got Kai and we've got recovery spaces and we've got people coming down to um, give kōrero around mental health and you yeah you find you just you know if you're down there at 3am and you're with a whole lot of strangers and you've just run a couple laps it's a pretty vulnerable space and um, just yeah we raise the money while we're there as well Um, and we're trying to get a um, counselling fund set up for this year as well just to help even more with some access to counselling yeah it's it's a cool purpose so cool yeah that's so cool holy heck (laughs) man so how did this all kind of come about um we're in a this is our how many years we're doing this is our third year i think um of the club um so it started with just like a small group of um guys just mostly just noticing that there was a gap and there wasn't any clubs that were having that kororo and at the time we'd just had some stats come out that was saying that you know um in regards to suicide statistics that men were predominantly there was just a disparity there it wasn't 50 50 and um i think at the time where running 72 comes from is that 72 percent of suicides are by men and yeah they noticed that gap and so they started this club but um it's just grown like um we've got now 18 people in our team um so all students and just like a mix of like um you know different genders and studying different things and from different backgrounds and um we all just come together and we're all super passionate a lot of us didn't know each other as well um which is really cool because now i've got you know like uh, last year our team you know I met 17 new people and then this year again I met all the new people that have come on and um it's a very cool space to be a part of yeah Hard out. and how can people get involved if they're down at UC or if they're heading to UC this year um I'd probably just say I'd say follow our socials um just yeah lads without labels um and yeah follow what we do we we tend to do like a sign up at clubs day so we'll be down there um you don't need to sign up necessarily but it does mean keeping the loop a little bit easier um but yeah you can just kind of keep an eye out and come down to any our events like i said like we um we try and make all our events free as well so um we don't have a sign up fee like some clubs do um so we try and keep everything super accessible and try and keep a good range so you don't have to be a runner or super fit to come to stuff you can come along to some of the educational stuff or we have like craft sessions and life skill sessions and yeah try and keep a good range but yeah just come on down <laughs> plenty to do fine so if yeah, any of your listeners out there are headed to use go check them out lads without labels sounds like a great co-popper yeah and you don't have Definitely to be going. you don't have to be a tane either like um as you can see anyone can be involved and um I think the biggest thing is we've all got we've all got tano in our lives and we also all know people that kind of have that masculine or um that's those kinds of ways of dealing with mental health which is sometimes not very healthy and are a bit harder and we all know people in our lives like that and they don't have to be tane to experience that it's very I think very southern New Zealand thing as well 
It is it is quite hard though to break down those barriers. But how mm. I guess from um a white perspective, because me being a tiny, I I know mm. how I can interact with my boys and I can have those reads. How is it, you know, being a wahine, how do you understand those telltale signs from um, both other wahine and tāne? How do, how do you sort of understand where they're coming from and how do you read their signs? Um, I think a big part is just like, you know, just keeping an eye on your mates and not being afraid to ask people how they're doing. And, and when you ask, like, like one thing that I try and do is when people ask me how I am, I, I don't lie anymore. <laughs> Um, if I'm having a terrible week, you're gonna know, and I not, won't necessarily unload on you, but I will. I'll be like, oh no, this week was awful, but real good. Um, or I'm not all good, and it's okay. Or you know, and you know, it's so much easier that way. But um, yeah, when you ask people how they are, ask them, you know, really, how are you? And um, yeah, just engage in those conversations. And I think like um, we've got a cool resource on our page that is helpful, but. Um, you know, just keeping an eye on how people are, like, you know, are they a little less talkative than they usually are? Um, are they kind of, you haven't seen them for a while? Are they acting a little bit differently? Are they maybe a bit more negative around the world? Um, you know, how's, how's the stress levels going? You know, do they have a big thing coming up? Um, and just checking in and seeing what you can do. And a lot of the time it's pretty small stuff, just letting people know that you're there and, um, you know, going around, dropping around some kai and, um, yeah, just, just checking in, like, honestly, just checking in with each other and just noticing when things maybe aren't quite right. Because a lot of the time as well, like, people, um, you know, you don't, like, the whole thing of, like, lads without labels is that, you know, well-being is something that applies to everyone and you don't need to have a diagnosis of depression or anxiety or anything else to experience highs and lows of feeling good or not. So, um, yeah, just recognising that you know, everyone's going to have good days and bad days and we're all a little bit more resilient if we're talking about it and talking about our own experiences and listening to other people's. Mm. Hard. And even if you're not a talker, sometimes it's nice just to listen to other people. Oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. So, there's options available for everyone. Mm, 100%, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there's so much help there, eh? Like, we've... Um, one of the things that I did uh, this year was um, we did some conversations with um, just like a lot of the support staff on campus and I got to know a lot of them quite well. And um, and I'm also like, I know the, um, like the staff down at Waka Pākākono, which is like the Māori and Pacifica and Rainbow um, support staff. And yeah, you meet those guys and they're awesome, eh? Like, and they're so willing to help and they will do everything to make sure that you're having the best university experience and you know they they're paid to literally just be there and so, so like I always say to people I'm like make the most of them they're they're awesome people um and they're so willing to help yeah. that's one thing yeah always go and see those people because like you say, they are wanting to help. I remember going to the Māori Centre and they didn't even like treat you any different. They just, yeah, boy, go grab your feet. There's feet in there. Yeah, yeah. Do dishes afterwards. And then after all of that, then they'll give you a corded or mm. see what you want to talk about. And they don't even probe. There's no probing involved. Like no one's like, so how are you feeling? Are <clears throat> yeah, you sure? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Is that what you're here? Yeah. And you it's don't. Just like, 
was going to say, you don't realise what they've got access to as well. Um, I got set up with um, some funding to help me go see a psychologist last year and, like, that was life-saving to me at the time. Like, that was really life-saving to me. And um, But, you know, when you've got someone being like, oh, yeah, we can, we can get you access to that when you didn't know. Like, you know, I would never have known if I didn't ask. Um, or not even ask, but, like, just engage with them because um, they don't know to give you that support if you're not telling them that you might need it. Yeah. And that's what they have the funding for. That's what they want to do. They want to be able to help you. Yeah. And if they don't spend the funding, then they get a smaller budget next year. So mm. utilise it, Fano, <laughs> utilise it. It's just like talking to an aunt or uncle when you get there too, straight oh, up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, they're insane, eh? My um, student advisor for this year, or last year he was he was insane and we checked in every two weeks and it was just how you going um oh you're doing great wonderful what can we what can I help with or who can I introduce you to or do you want to get involved with this event or you know just small things and it was yeah insane so you know that's what you're missing out on that's what you're missing okay. out on but extra for knowing that time at university especially for those who travel from far away mm. make use of it it's good Good for you. Mm. So moving ahead, what what does this year look like for you? What have you got in store for you this year? Oh, big year, eh? Um, yeah, I was really lucky last year. Um, I, because, um, yeah, I, I was like, I want to do my master's, but I don't know what that's going to look like, and I don't know how to enroll, and I don't know anyone. And um, they don't tell you how hard it is to find a supervisor and to find a project. <laughs> and how to do it <laughs> um yeah. and so I was um I'm I'm quite bad for I knock on people's doors when I don't understand stuff and I just ask lots of questions um so you know I was like saying to my advisors um I was like it's like who do I talk to and how do I find out this information and they were like all right we're on your case and we're we'll track down people and um I got introduced to um Paul from the Naitahu Research Centre um and who's incredible um awesome person and he sat down with me for a coffee and we just talked about what I was interested in and sorts of research I wanted to do what kind of what I was just trying to find out and I got introduced to um a couple different like master's students and clinical psychology students and um people who just finished their doctorates and things and we all I like just sat down with each of these people and had a kororo about just about who I was and what I was interested in and um, just picked their brains, basically. Um, I had lots of questions. And I got introduced to uh, Dr. Grace Walker, who um, is just like a superhuman, um, absolutely queen, love her to bits already. <laughs> um, but introduced to her and I was warned that she would kind of take me under her wing if she met me, um, which she has. And I welcomed it, to be honest. Um, but yeah, she introduced me um, to some lecturers um, who have been working on this new project um, called LEAPS. And it's essentially a artificial pancreas system for people with diabetes. And um, so we've got this really, um, so yeah, I joined their team. Um, I loved the Kaupapa and for a couple of reasons. Um, and probably the most important thing when I was looking for a supervisor and when I was looking for research to do was I wanted it to be Kaupapa Māori um, and I wanted it to be research working with Māori communities rather than on or 
um, yeah, I wanted it to be something that was very, like, very community-based and um, I didn't want to just be sitting in a room with some data. I really wanted to be involved and um, learn and I wanted to be working with people and, um, yeah, this, this project's going to do that. So it's, um, yeah, we're, like, essentially... Um, my, my role is we're, we're working with some engineers who are working on some technology, um, which will help. It's like, I think it's about three different types of technology that will help literally just change the lives of people with diabetes and make it a lot more accessible and affordable in Aotearoa. And um, I'll be helping look at barriers and enablers to technology adoption in the Maori communities. So, yeah, big, big, but very cool, very cool. That sounds hella intense, mm. not gonna lie. It sounds hella intense, but it sounds super like interesting. It sounds like it's gonna keep you busy. Yeah. That's for sure. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah, so that will be, yeah, this year's just, um, this year's just the, like, we only, the research really kicked off. It's been kind of going on for a long time, but this part of the research has been going on since November, so it's so fresh. Um, so, yeah, I've been on a scholarship for the summer to, start engaging with the data and we've just started some focus groups up north and um yeah it's just kicking off and i'll be working with some um working with a lot of like kind of doctorate students and lecturers and i'm the baby in the group for sure and um, so i'm just learning i'm just learning off them and um just kind of taking in their guidance and just trying to engage with it as much as possible and um yeah feel very very privileged to have this opportunity um yeah insane <laughs> feels like a great place to be you've got so much guidance around you mm, yeah yeah and I think like um because I've like when I got that project so quickly like it was just after com some conversations it was like oh do you want to meet this person uh, you know <laughs> and then it was like oh all right like we'll we'll find out what that involves and we'll just ask some more questions and I think after three different coffees I joined the group <laughs> I joined the team <laughs> It doesn't take much, eh? You're in. Mm. I swear yeah. they've got like a catalogue of projects. They're just like, oh, you'd be great in this one. Yeah. Come on. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, like for this project, I think a lot of it was about like the people on our team are so important. And we're all, like, everyone's quite young, which I think is quite cool. Um, and everyone's got very fresh eyes and um, is also very like open to learning and yeah, I don't know. It was very hard though finding a Kaupapa Māori project. Um, a lot harder than I wanted it should be. Um, should have come to Dunedin. Oh, I know. Yeah, I, I remember <laughs> when I was like first when I was first finding out things though. I was like, I was like, oh, I just want someone to tell me if I can't study that here or if that's not something that happens at UC. And because um, it's not it's not the same across disciplines. It was just in psychology, it was a bit harder. And um, but yeah, and I, but I was also very much aware that like I'd have the support of my iwi if I stayed at Canterbury, and Naitahu have just they've just backed me hundred percent, and I wouldn't get that in the same way if I went somewhere else. So I yeah, it was it was a decision to have to stay. Yeah. Nah, hard. I only say that because I'm biased. <laughs> Today is the best place to go. <laughs> No, but it is like that though. If you do get backing from the iwi and any projects you do, you run for it because yeah. man, it's it's amazing. 
chance to be involved in ELE movements and, and those spaces and get to know some of those people as well. Invaluable time. Yeah, and I feel a huge responsibility to like um to to give back to the community and to support and I think especially in an academic space to have more Māori voices and yeah I'm pretty like unapologetic now um I don't think I was when I started but now I'm a bit more like why is this not happening and I just I'm a bit more I pester a little bit more and um yeah which is maybe isn't always the best thing but (laughs) yeah I do it sometimes (laughs) Not to my supervisors, though. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no. But, like, what I've found as well, like, it's um, it's me kind of being like, oh, I want to I wanna do this. And, um, yeah, the, all the Māori staff and, like, all the all the people in those spaces, they're just like, oh, yeah. And they back you. Like, they're like, oh, we'll come to the meetings. We'll, we'll sit in with you. We'll send the emails for you. Like, yeah, they'll make it happen. But, yeah, you've got to um, not ask for that support, but like be willing to take it when it's offered to you yeah yeah and don't be shy no. don't be shy either yeah like knock, they knock want on the doors <laughs> they want it to happen they want mm. it to happen yeah Trust oh, me. yeah when i was when i was like oh i might do my masters they were all like like the whole team were just like oh all right how are we gonna make that happen <laughs> yeah. what do you need from us to make that happen and they make it happen mm. so if you do have that opportunity find out get out and make it happen because they would yeah. love to see it and they would love to see you again as well because i bet most of them know who you are mm. <laughs> yeah <laughs> or they know someone who knows your whanau yeah yeah for sure oh yeah small small world eh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah like the amount of people i've found out that i'm like related to now that i've <laughs> yeah yeah and all it takes is one person to go oh yeah yeah your uncle's blah blah, yeah. blah. oh yeah 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 <laughs> And then, oh, yeah, so you're related to them. And then, you go, oh, true. Jeez. Yeah. <laughs> That's why I love Māori people. Just yeah. crack up. Yeah. <laughs> Got whānau everywhere. Yeah. So we do another thing on this show. It, it, it's kind of you. It only just came in towards the end of 2022. It's, it's your rock and your rose, your highs and your lows. But we'll go with, just because it's we're only a week into the new year, so we might as well go with your rock and your rose of twenty twenty two. What were your highs and lows of last year? Oh, I mean, last year was pretty good. Um, like, that's good to hear. Honestly, it was pretty good. Um, um I'll probably say my rose um, was definitely probably getting this diabetes project. Um, because it felt like it made me really excited for my future. And it also made me really excited to like be Māori and have an opportunity to um, work in that space. Um, so yeah, like, and just the me- people I've met since that project started is just like so extraordinary. So I'm very, very grateful for that, those meetings and um, for, for Grace, honestly, for just being like, just, you know, seeing something in me that she um, thought could be, utilized or you know um saw I guess my passion and um so yeah that was that would probably be my rose because that was pretty cool um but yeah hard to pick (laughs) um (laughs) oh put my thorn um um probably probably COVID I think 
um, uh, yeah. like getting COVID. Um, yep. I've had it at probably two really inconvenient times this year or last year. And <laughs> I mean, you can't plan for that stuff, but yeah, I got it at two most inconvenient times. I think I got it the first time was like first week back on term two. And I just had so much due and it stuffed up my entire second term and took a really long to recover. And I think that was, but like pushing through that, like you, um, like coming out the other side and getting the marks that I did from just having to like hustle and, but also just trying to rest and just feeling like you're just in an impossible spot. I think that was really tough. Um, and I missed Christmas. I missed Christmas because of COVID. That was gutting. I hate COVID. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, don't get it if you've somehow avoided it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Those, those are two totally different. You can definitely see the rock and the rose in those two. Mm. <laughs> yeah. It doesn't stop anything, though. Like, um, yeah, I still had an awesome year. But, yeah, oh, getting COVID sucked. <laughs> I mean, that's like, out of all the things that could happen to a person, having that as, as the lowest of the year, that's not bad. That's not a bad gig. True. That's not a bad gig. That's mm. that's a great, great year. Great 2022. Hopefully 2023 is just as great. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. There's so much lined up that I'm like, oh, I could be so excited. <laughs> so excited. There's a lot on the cards here. No, I mean, I've just got to grab the um the next part of the show, which is, which involves uh, people don't really like the name of it. Yeah. it it's supposed to be a dream jar but i turned it into the dream <laughs> box and they, they just don't like how dream box sounds <laughs> so I'm, I'm trialing 2023 we might call it the the dream deposit box for dream now deposit box. <laughs> the dream deposit box it, it's as far as we got in terms of coming up with a unique name I've also realized that sometimes when I go off camera to pick the box up, that there's just a painful, awkward silence. <laughs> so I have to edit that. But yes, yeah, so the dream deposit box is a space where we place dreams to be preserved until they are achieved. And when they're achieved, this wall is getting painted soon. So I want to have like a digital board up behind me. And every time someone achieves a dream, they'll either be written up there or we'll have photos of them accomplishing that dream. What is a dream you'd like to achieve? And we can place it in here. Oh, that's hard, eh? so many things I want to do um how long term are we talking <laughs> it could be a short term it could be long term it could be one of those I hope dreams you know like uh I think my first one was like I want to own a McLaren because mm. I couldn't think of anything <laughs> and that's like money $359,000 away from achieving that so way to go um i i probably say like um i think i joked about it at the start but um i think i would really like to get my phd at some point um i don't know whether it will be in the next 10 years or something but um i think that is something um but yeah no one in my whanau's kind of studied is probably um 
like I've got a couple cousins who've done their masters, which is so cool. Um, but yeah, I think, um, yeah, I think it'd be really cool to have my PhD, not necessarily just for like, not like for the title or anything, but just like the process and the journey of like getting it, um, working towards a PhD. I think there's so much that can happen in that space and, um, and then also like the the opportunities that you can then do and the the types of the impact you can have on your community and um in an academic space as well um once you've got that achievement or worked towards that achievement um yeah i've yeah i've got so many like hopes for the academic space of like research and for kaupapa maori research and psychology and science and um, and then the health scene as well that I think I'm going to have to do that. I'm going to have to go on that journey, I think, to <laughs> to make that happen <laughs> or to have a part in that. Yeah. Mean. Love that. Lucy getting a PhD. <laughs> going in here. Hopefully that gets achieved soon. That'll probably be one of the first ones that get there. <laughs> <laughs> I think slowly I'm piecing out who might get there first because mm. some dreams are achievable within the next couple of years and some are a long way off like mine <laughs> <laughs> but i rate that that's such a that's such a powerful reason for why you want to do a phd like not just saying yeah i would like to get a phd just to have dr at the front of my name mm. and phd at the end of mine so no i rate that and it, it like it is a hell of a journey yeah good luck <laughs> good yeah. luck i don't know i see um yeah, like one of my really good friends, Nicole, is, um, you know, her doing her PhD and she's, you know, she's, she'll be finished by 23, 24. And I see Crazy. her, I see her doing it and I'm like, anything's possible. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 Nah, it, it is like a powerful journey. I know, I know one person who's kind of like an advisor to my master's at the moment. He's trying to do his third PhD. Wow. Yeah, no one knows why. You ask him, he's just like, I don't know, thought it'd be yeah. fun. Oh. And he's like, yeah, he's learned so much. He, he lost his mother in his first one and his father in his second or the other way around, something like that. So, yeah. So he, he's going strong. He, he loves a PhD. <laughs> He loves a PhD. I think though, like I thought about it. Yeah, I don't know. I think that if you've got the right people around you and you've got the right project, and that that stuff doesn't yeah. seem as hard. Like, yeah, my my biggest fear was to go into post grad was I was so scared that I would end up in a project like, or I'd be aiming for the finish line of having the qualification that I would just accept really boring projects or projects that I wasn't passionate about. And there's like so many opportunities where like lecturers put out projects that they're working on that you have an opportunity to be a part of, which can sometimes be quite good. But then it's also sometimes you're joining another researcher's um, projects that don't have your values and your interests at heart. And so, yeah, that was really important for me when I was like trying to find a supervisor and trying to find a project. It was like I was I was so clear. I was like, these are my values, <laughs> and I was like, if these things aren't are like are not a part of the research, then I'd rather not do it. And um, 
yeah but i think that's purely because the end goal is is really great but the the projects and the learning is a bit more important to me yeah, uh, definitely stay true to that. Never mm. ever take a project on that you're not a hundred percent about, because you really got to love it to finish it. Yeah, 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 for sure. That's what I'm finding out with my masters. Got to really love it yeah. to finish it. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, like, you don't love it the whole time, right? Like, it's it's gonna have its <laughs> oh, highs no. and lows. Um, but yeah, I think if you're able to work on a project that you feel proud of and that you can't wait to tell people about, then and that's really cool because I mean like I don't necessarily know I might not end up in diabetes research forever um but I do see this as a really uh fantastic opportunity and I think it would change the lives of so many people and um and also will hopefully be a nice um like instigator for some other spaces um as well yeah hard and like it's a great place to be right now mm. too like so much importance in that industry yeah yeah and like also the chance to um like we're looking at going to a conference in canada hopefully hopefully this year we'll see um surely but it's working with other indigenous populations and communities because you know a lot of the time we're all facing the same um struggles and we're all in different ways of course and we have different ways of dealing with them but a lot of the battles are the same battles and um I love that idea of this like really like worldwide um just like banding together and trying to tackle problems together and so I think it's got some really cool opportunities as well like you know not you know you're not stuck to just Aotearoa um, just because you want to support your people yeah ha, there's there's definitely links all throughout the Pacific mm. where you can go into uh, yeah that's gonna be an amazing conference to go th- Oh. Fill me in when you get there. Yeah. Oh. Well, yeah, I'm, you know, when like you don't, it's such a cool opportunity that you don't believe it's true until someone's going to like, we'll be at the airport and I'll be like, are we going to go? <laughs> <laughs> like, I think, yeah, it's not going to take until it actually happens for that to be like, yeah, real. <laughs> no, it's going to be me. Mm. Well, that, that's kind of like a perfect way to segue into <clears throat> this next sort of segment. Sorry, my throat's a bit off. I've been a little bit sick the past couple days. <laughs> no, you're good. If you could go back and tell... Oh, let's go with... 17-year-old Lucy. If you could go back to 17 years old, is there any piece of advice or just anything you'd tell yourself back then? Yeah, 17-year-old Lucy was in last year of high school. Um, probably like, I just think at the time, like I had so much anxiety about leaving and, um, was definitely like not sure of myself at the time, um, both just like who I was as a person, but then also like, um, yeah, I mean, anxiety is just hard, eh? Like it just tells you all sorts of not true things about yourself. Um, yeah, I don't know. I guess I'd probably... Um, uh, I probably like not necessarily like tell me to do anything differently but I would definitely um, support or reassure that me sticking true to myself and trusting um, 
helps in the process but also just like like being true to myself like we'll keep we'll keep people around and we'll the opportunities will come and um all those things because I think at that time there's so much so much pressure to change who you are to fit into certain circles and I didn't really do that not because I didn't want to but because I was just way too scared to do anything so I just stayed who I was but um, <laughs> I think it's worked out okay so yeah I think it would just be reassurance that you know things get easier and who I am as a person is a huge part of why that's happened yeah that's on how did you stay true to who you were because I know like high school is a trying time like there's so many pressures to be or to perform or act a certain way to please certain people how did you you know maintain true to who you are um uh high school for me was a bit of a safe space um like things at home weren't that good at the time and so I remember like going to high school was like it was the only space where like I just had complete like um complete control of who I was but also like the opportunities to like do like it was a space that I did well in like I really enjoyed school um and I did well in it and um especially I just took all the art subjects so I was just doing art the whole time so it was great but um I think like that was the space where I felt safe to be myself and I mean anyone who knows me knows I was so shy like ridiculously shy when I started school like um yeah terrible shy and like some of my friends I probably only got because I kind of just stuck around and just hung out with them (laughs) and we just have stayed that um but yeah no I think I think I yeah I wouldn't say necessarily I had any tactics in mind when I was doing it because I think at the time I was a little bit just surviving um but uh, I don't know yeah yeah it's it's hard eh? like I don't think I necessarily was doing anything to try and make it happen because um yeah at the time it was just about me just doing my best and being in that space um but a big big help is for that was I did dance at the time and that just changed my confidence massively um and then sticking to the things that I was good at like you know I was really good at art so that was a space I became really confident in and I just lent into the things that I enjoyed and um didn't do as many of the things that I didn't enjoy which isn't necessarily a good thing um because there's so much stuff that I wish I'd done um if I'd been a bit more confident which I would love to do now um but yeah I think just leaning into the things that you that feel good to you and feel right and I think sometimes especially if that's where your safe space is it's not the end of the world if it helps you survive a little bit yeah mm. hard yeah like you say <clears throat> that's just safe space and that's your comfort zone and that's just where you're at yeah yeah and especially at high school like you're not trying to push the boundaries too much at the moment like where you're safe and comfortable is kind of how you get through high school yeah I got through high school that way anyway yeah yeah like I wasn't really trying to yeah I wasn't trying to be too crazy because I didn't feel like I needed to but um yeah I think you get grounded when you like when you when you work out the things that you're really good at and you can ground yourself in those things 
it is so much easier then to like push your boundaries and start to do the uncomfortable things you know if nothing's stable in your life it is so much harder to um find grounding yeah uh, that's with everything though right like you need a strong foundation mm. in order to build upon yeah yeah and would you say now you, you've got the strong foundation oh yeah yeah for sure like, <laughs> so much growing though like um yeah and I think like I would put that down to um I ask for help a lot <laughs> um like I said I ask a lot of questions and um I yeah I've I've got like internal promises about like being really honest about how I'm feeling and and being that person that other people weren't in my life so you know being that person to ask how are you doing and being that person to like listen and and um I hate not knowing things so I'm always asking questions and trying to find out things and I think I'm only in the space I am now because I asked for help and I sent the emails that I needed to send and um, if I didn't understand something, I just pestered until I found out. And, um, yeah. And yeah, things like, yeah, not being afraid to, you know, if you need to go see a psychologist or you need to go talk to someone, just going and doing it. Like, um, it doesn't make you any less of a strong person of anything. It makes you stronger. And, um, you know, it's, yeah, there's nothing wrong with asking for a bit of help and, you know, even if it's just something silly, like you don't understand how to enroll into university, just ask everyone, ask people who've done it before, (laughs) um, go and ask the people that they tell you to ask and then just pester them until they, you find out the things you need to know. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. They're just unapologetically like curious and willing to put yourself out there. That's some great advice. That's some wholesome advice. (laughs) And I guess, Building off of that then, what would you like to say, you know, say five to ten years, you look back on this clip, what would you like to say to yourself in five to ten years? Mm. It's so hard, eh, not knowing where you're going to be in that time. Yeah. Yeah. Um... I think maybe just to like um that reminder just that like you've got lots of time and you know to take things slow and to do them well and um yeah just like because you've got lots of time to work it out and um yeah so I think it would just be like reassurance of like because yeah I know that when you're when you're looking at doing further study and things, it can be quite scary knowing you, you, you know, and you hear like, I'm, you know, I'm about to turn 23, um, which is so young, but in my brain, it's so old. And <laughs> <laughs> so I think just that reassurance that, you know, you are young and you've got lots of time and yeah, just take things slow and do them well and enjoy it. And yeah. Man, that, that's great advice. <laughs> You're never wrong in whatever you say, really, mm. because it's you. Yeah. <laughs> you mean, like, I was wrong to myself. I don't care. <laughs> like, that's what I love about these questions, because 
it's just interesting to hear how people would respond and how people talk to themselves. Mm. That's what I think I like most about it is just hearing how people try and figure out how they're going to talk to them, even though it's a future self or a past self, just it's still a way that you talk to yourself, mm. whether it's kind, whether it's negative, whether it's, um, you know, encouragement or whether it's just, I hope you're still doing you. I hope yeah. you're still trucking along. Yeah. Uh, like, I just love hearing that. It's not really a question set up to pass or fail. It's mm. just interesting to hear how people talk to one another or themselves. Yeah, because it's, it's crazy how much you can, like, grow and change in just, like, a year's time. So, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I can't even imagine what five, ten year in the future Lucy's doing. We'll see. <laughs> just as long as you're enjoying it, yes. wherever it is. Yes. Mm. <laughs> and I guess as we start winding down the clock and start wrapping up this episode you always say you're the friend that asks everyone how they're doing how are you doing i'm good i'm a lot better <laughs> um yeah a lot better um but no i'm good i'm excited um i'm a little bit i'm, I'm trying to figure out my enrollment at the moment so that's a bit of a headache but um like i said tell me about asking it. lots of help and um but you know i'm very good i'm very good that's good to hear. Well, ladies and gentlemen, if you're still listening, thank you so much for listening. This has been a great episode. I've really enjoyed it. So, Lucy, thank you so much for jumping on the show. I really do appreciate it. Uh, welcome to the 99 Dreams whānau, everyone that comes on. They <laughs> don't know it. I've just started saying it this year. So they're all part of the 99 Dreams whānau now. So thank you so much for coming on. We really appreciate it. Is there anything you want to say? Where can people find you? Um, I'll leave links below down for everyone as well. But where can they find you and um, what are you up to? Oh, I mean, you're welcome to, um, yeah, you're welcome to look at my Instagram, I guess. Um, I usually post stuff I'm doing up there. I'm terrible at posting, so it's not very often, but you'd see a bit of my art and things. Um, but yeah, no, I'll, um, I'll send you the, yeah, go follow Les Without Labels there. Um, we're awesome. I'm going to post. We're an awesome team. Um, <laughs> but we have yeah doing some pretty cool things and uh, i think it's a space to watch for sure um and yeah if you want to even check out the leaps um diabetes research um it's yeah we have it's a very cool co-popper that i'm very proud to be a part of um so we've got a website as well so you can check out and follow along with how we're doing and um where the research is going as well yeah mean mean there you go Farno. keep an eye out one day she'll be dr lucy <laughs> so <laughs> definitely will definitely will just when you get there you get there yes but thank you so much for joining me it's been a great great time chatting away so everybody out there again take care this year happy 2023 and modi everybody stay safe <laughs>